0: I'll give a wave like this Just to let you know that that joke is over okay. I misbehave on stage But I'm better than when I wasn't sober yeah, so um, I've sobered up, but there's still some blackouts And um... I worked in hymns and survived tornadoes and trailers But that don't mean I won't put in my two-weeks Later, having a good time, baby, having a good time, baby, we're having a real good time, we're having a good time, baby, having a good time, baby, I'll tell you one more time, oh yeah, we're having a good time, yeah, right, we're having a good time. Yeah. All right, welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the We're Having a Good Time podcast. Uh, I missed a podcast last week, and I'm sorry about that, but I have great news in that I had a baby. All right. Well, my wife had a baby, obviously. Classic joke. I had a baby. Well, my wife had one, Uh, but uh, that is how it went. She had a baby last week, born on May 11th, a week before my birthday, which was yesterday, May 18th so we have a fresh baby in the world uh i have not posted pictures of her on social media and i'm not sure that i ever will um i like for my i I feel like the this podcast is the my most personal uh spot that you know in my social media i don't know i just like it to be jokes and funny pictures and show advertisements and uh an occasional picture of my wife but really i don't want it to all be about my personal life so but wow uh it's fun having a baby i mean people were right when they everybody was saying this to me everybody was like get your sleep while you can get your sleep while you can and i was like yeah 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 i get it i get it but man they were right uh sometimes the baby just cries for no reason sometimes she cries when she needs food sometimes she cries when she has a dirty diaper Sometimes she cries if it's too cold or if she's too hot. Uh, And then other times she just cries, and I don't know why. But I'm going to be honest with you. I love being a dad, and I don't even mind when she cries. Because if she's sleeping, I want to let her sleep. But if she's crying, it means I get to hold her. I've become such a sap, but uh, it's amazing. I mean, I am... I just turned 39 years old yesterday, and I never thought that I would have a baby, not because I don't like kids, but because I feel like the world is doomed, and our country is going to face economic collapse, and that we're all going to be doomed, (laughs) and I was like, I don't want to bring a baby into the world, but i have also felt like we're doomed as a country since 2012 since i quit drinking since i woke up and since i started paying attention to what's going on i have felt like we're doomed so uh nine years has gone by since i felt like that and um and it hasn't happened (laughs) so uh i'm happy to have a baby it feels amazing it feels wonderful if you don't have kids I recommend it. I recommend go ahead and having a kid. I want to have more now. I want to have a big family. It's nice to have my own little family. And uh, it's been, she's been around for a little over a week. And I was excited about having a baby. But as I'm standing in the delivery room, now I didn't want to stand at the angle to watch the baby come out. I just felt like that was too much. I did take a peek and I was like, no, I don't want to do that. But I stood over my wife's shoulder and when the baby came out, we were both like, whoa, there's a baby. Like we knew a baby was inside of her. We knew that was the end result of this whole thing was that a baby was going to come. But when it came, we were both like, whoa, whoa there's a baby and uh, it blew our minds and we had heard that you know the baby can hear your voices while they're inside the womb and can recognize your voices and when she came out she did not look like a newborn a lot of newborns are very red very wrinkly misshaped heads Uh, Just weird kind of things going on, you know, and then in a few days they grow out of it and they start to look like regular babies. Our baby came out looking like a regular baby. She was not red. She was not uh, wrinkly. Her head was not misshapen. She came out like a regular baby, six pounds, 15 ounces, 20 and a half inches long and seemed ready to go. And she came out, the doctor handed her to my wife. And I looked down and I said, hey, Daisy, that's her name, Daisy. I said, hey, Daisy. And I stuck my hand out to her and her little hand grabbed my finger right away. And I got a picture of it and it's amazing. Uh, And I feel like, oh, man, in that moment, I mean, I've just been talking about all kind of religious stuff on the podcast and whatnot. But in that moment, I was like, this is The evidence of God right here. I mean, um, you all know how babies are created, but I, um, my sperm came out of my body, went into my wife's body and fertilized an egg, and then that's all I did, right? And then my wife did more work than me. Obviously, she carried the baby. She watched what she ate. She exercised. She did all these things. And she did so much, but this baby was created inside of her womb without us really doing anything, right? I mean, you know what I mean? Like she did stuff, but this baby was formed inside of her womb her skin her hair her eyes which i'm told that the eye itself has millions of working parts in it and that if even one of these working parts of the eye isn't functioning properly then you can't see Uh, her organs her heart her lungs her kidneys her bladder her appendix which i no longer have um her colon, her, her, her toes and toenails and fingers and fingernails and lips and nose, all of these things had to be formed inside of the womb. Now, uh, you know, evolution teaches us that we're all mistakes, that we uh, are all just a product of uh, a big explosion uh, An explosion of nothing, which formed, um, you know, different pieces out in in space. Um, And people can articulate this better in a way that makes it sound more real. But basically, we're taught that, you know, molten hot magma formed the planet Earth and that it spun around and then it rained on it for millions of years. And then it cooled and then lightning struck the pools of water and then through that created a type of proteins which eventually would form the first signs of life which over time mutations would come to those things and as those things began to mutate um, they would turn into a different thing and then a different thing and then a different thing until we eventually got to humans. And they said that, you know, six thousand years ago, roughly, is when you started to see the first human civilizations. Right? But then, you know, Christianity teaches, now, I'm not doing these numbers myself. These are just things that I read. Uh, teaches us that life began around six thousand years ago, which I've I always found to be an interesting coincidence that about the time that we start to see human uh civilizations. Is about the time that the Bible says that life began in in general. Now, I don't know that any of that really matters in the real scheme of things with the spirit of of the Holy Spirit and whatnot and stuff like that. I don't know that the age of the earth really matters, but I just find it interesting because from what I understand, and I and my understanding of science is is not not a vast understanding, but my understanding is that there has never been a mutation really that happened in the body that was positive, all right? When something mutates in our body, like uh, what is it, the chromosomes? If you have an extra chromosome, uh, your baby will have Down syndrome, so you have many chromosomes, and if you have just one extra, it will completely alter that life now i've known several people with down syndrome in my life and i've also watched many videos of down syndrome kids and they're beautiful kids and they're they're awesome and fantastic and with great personalities and they live uh, a lot of times long lives but i think that we can all see that that type of mutation is not normal and not positive right uh it's not negative in the sense that they are still beautiful life forms but And i've you know i've become a real sap since i'm a dad now but um everything's beautiful and wonderful to me uh even economic collapse is beautiful and wonderful because i have a a daughter in my life uh, that i get to hold and uh love and feel like she loves me and it's amazing Uh, i'm just telling you if you if you're on the fence about having kids i'm saying just do it okay even if you're like i'm not ready i mean there's a lot of wrecks out here raising kids you can do it um but um so my understanding is there's never been a mutation that's actually positive so all of this stuff and and my thinking on evolution is when you you know all of species even a lot of plants maybe all of them but a lot of plants require uh two you know kind of a male and a female to pollinate each other all animals require With the exception of maybe the octopus which i think is somehow able to fertilize itself um, all species require male and female to reproduce so those reproductive organs of the male and the reproductive organs of the female in an understanding of evolution would have had to evolve at the same time and evolved perfectly to match each other so that the one could fertilize the other and I just think that is too great of a possibility. A lot of people think that intelligent design is not science. But m- me personally, I think that, you know, creating something that potentially doesn't exist uh, just to say that you're science is also not science. I think science is basically just observing things and. Um, you know and figuring out what makes them I think you can have a creator and still have science and uh, so I just think that I don't know I just seeing a baby come out of my wife and knowing that she's suddenly here and alive and requires us to feed her and keep her alive and she's been alive for quite some time She's been kicking in the womb in the same way that she kicks now as a, as a as a human body on the outside. And it just is blowing my mind. It's just blowing my mind. And I mean, that baby has been that baby for quite some time. And we had an ultrasound months ago and you could see her little face. And we even pulled out the ultrasound pictures now to try to compare them to the pictures of our baby because we wanted to be like, does does our baby look like she did in the ultrasound or is that ultrasound kind of BS? And it's hard to say because I think all babies look pretty similar to each other. But we were like, oh, actually, she does look a lot alike. And uh, I think it's great. I mean, um, it's just... I don't know, I can't, I don't, I don't even know if I can put it into words, but just seeing the baby come out, and how many times have I said baby on this podcast, just seeing her come out was, I was just like, wow, that is the creation of God. In, in the verse in Jeremiah, and I don't know uh, exactly the verse, but it said, I knew you in your mother's womb, I am more convinced of that than ever. I believe that God knows us all intimately, and wants to be in our lives. Now I realize that people are have gone through a lot of pain at certain times in their life, and they, I've, I've, you know, I watch a lot of church stuff on TikTok too. I finally got my TikTok al- algorithm to be more towards religious and 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 funny stuff than you know twerking and. uh And that's a hard, that's a hard algorithm to switch because I don't know about you, but my mind is uh, geared to enjoy uh, the female body and to enjoy a twerking video now and again. And if you linger too long, if you watch that full twerking video for the full minute, TikTok says, okay, you enjoy this, let's get you some more of them. (laughs) So it's a tough algorithm to switch, but I, I have successfully done it. And I got, you know, and I watch people that will ask preachers questions like, how can, you know, uh, things like rape and torture and murder uh, exist when, you know, there supposedly is a loving God? And it's a difficult question to answer. I've watched preachers struggle to answer it. And I don't think that we're ever going to have all the answers. But I think that, you know, life on earth is just one stage and our next stage is hopefully heaven for for everyone and um you know there we, we we get our answers i don't think that we will all have all the answers and that's uh not a cop-out but i think there i don't think the bible ever says the words free will like i think a lot of churches use that term i've given god gave us free will i don't think you can find those terms in the bible but You know, it's like that's why I like to talk about uh, the laws and stuff, because I think in this I don't know. I don't even know what to talk about in this podcast, because I'll be honest. um, My mind is just it's it's been pushed a bit away from comedy. When I hit the comedy stage, when I get up there on stage comedy, I feel comedy. I feel like telling jokes. I went to Zany's on Monday and did the new material night, and it was a blast. I feel comedy, and I want to tell jokes. When I'm around friends and around other people, I feel comedy. I want to entertain them. But when I'm alone in a room with a microphone, I just feel like speaking about what's on my heart. And right now, what's on my heart is my baby and um, the blessing that God has given me. And so I just when I, when I think about the laws and stuff, it feels like that God has said – listen you're here and you are allowed to do uh you know you you make the choice on what you do but i'm going to give you the laws that i want you to follow i'm going to give you the holidays that i want you to celebrate i'm going to show you how to worship me i'm going to tell you what i want you to eat and then it's up to you whether you choose to do that or not and i think it's when we get into whether we should follow the laws or not i think we really make it a lot more complicated than it should be i was just having this thought the other day i was having this thought where it's like um you have people that are you know i i would say a lot of modern day christians are very new testament centered And then there are other people that are old testament centered that are around the laws and i think it is a combination of both right i think if jesus came back today and and who knows right and he was talking to a christian that was uh against the law said that the law was legalism said that the laws of god the dietary laws was all legalism but uh, was a great person was doing all these wonderful things helping people had a real fire for god i think that jesus would say great you got the spirit you 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 really have grasped the love aspect and the spirit and all of that and i think he would probably go but why are you not following the rules like we gave you these you know pretty simple rules to follow why why are you not you know following those and then i think he would turn to a person that was strictly a rule follower that was to the t all the rules and but also maybe didn't have the spirit didn't have the love was like to a t on the rules i think he would say great you really got those things down you you keep the holidays you keep the laws but where's the love where's the spirit and i think it is a combination of both i think that i think that you know, Jesus says my yoke is light, uh, but I don't think that it's supposed to be easy necessarily to be a Christian. I think that uh, it is um, a bit like swimming upstream because, and I don't think that it's supposed to be easy. It's easy to be saved. You turn to Jesus wherever you're at in the world and you're saved, right? It's easy to be saved. It is can happen in an instant. But to be a Christian and to walk the walk, I don't think it's supposed to be easy. I think it's like swimming upstream where we're, we're swimming, we're, we're trying to do our thing. And at any point, if we stop swimming, we backslide, right? So we always have to be swimming. We always have to be reading, studying, praying, and always looking to do good things for other people, always looking for people that need our help and figuring out how we can help them. And i've seen i've been on the receiving end in the year of 2021 i have been on the receiving end of help and i don't even i'm not even the kind of person that's out here going oh i just wish somebody would help me right and people are helping me people have been bringing me food people have been um you know helping me through my medical problems. People have been, my, my family has been here, but not just my family, my friends, a couple of comedians in the area, uh, of Nashville came over and moved furniture for me. You know, when, when I came home from the hospital, my wife was about eight months pregnant. I had just had major uh, abdominal surgery, and we needed to get our baby room ready. We had all the stuff from the baby shower downstairs, our room, our house was a mess and we couldn't move it upstairs. And we needed to move a bed out of a room and a couple of comics that are my friends came over and moved all this stuff for me. I have neighbor, a neighbor last night we have a, a meal train set up where people can sign up and bring us food while we're in this, you know, this time with, with our new baby that requires constant attention. Uh, And so much attention, in fact, that my wife has to, is breastfeeding and has to wake up every three hours and feed the baby. Even if the doctor told us, they said, some people will tell you that the baby sleeps. Some people will say, oh, my baby sleeps all through the night. And that doctor said, well, if your baby is sleeping through the night, then you're depriving it of nutrients. So, She has to get up and wake the baby up to breastfeed, and it's not easy. Uh, The doctor also said that everybody acts like breastfeeding is easy and natural and that the baby just knows exactly what to do, but we've not found that to be the case. It's getting better, and it's going well, but it is work. I mean, my wife is working. I mean, I've really seen how strong and how dedicated she is because it has not been easy. But it's been fun, and I'm staying up. I mean, last night I was up. I got up. My, my the baby was crying. My wife woke me up, and I was up till about two a.m., two thirty, with the baby. I put on my. I got a new record player uh, from a birthday, and I was putting on country music records, and 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 walking around, swinging the baby, and and keeping her asleep for hours. It was great. I mean, there's nothing like watching your baby fall asleep to your favorite Hank Williams Jr. album. I mean, it's amazing. And I was like, wow, she loves country too, or either she's so bored by it. But she loves country. I love country. It's amazing. I'm off track. Um, Oh, man, where was I going? I had a great train of thought. Um, Oh, but I've been on the receiving end of help, and it's so amazing People have been bringing us food. We have this meal train set up. But even people that aren't on the meal train, my neighbor the other day, he just up and brings me. He goes, "Me and my wife are going to get burritos tonight. What kind of burritos do you and your wife want?" And and then he brought them. It was great. And uh, my neighbor across the street is, I think, cooking me dinner tonight. Uh, my neighbor down the street took me to get some wood because my porch is rotting, and uh, and wood's expensive. And uh, that's a You talk about a fear of economic collapse. I bought four, I bought six pieces of wood for $90, um, which my my neighbor is a carpenter. And he told me, I bought some landscaping timbers for $5 a piece. He told me if you'd have bought that two years ago, that'd have been a dollar a piece. So for six boards, I paid $35, which uh, two years ago would have cost me $6. So when you think about that in terms of people trying to build a house right now, I mean, it's a great market if you're trying to sell a house, but not so much if you're trying to buy one. Um, but so I've been on the receiving end of help and it's amazing. So I just think as Christians, I mean, we are supposed to be helping people, but we're supposed to be loving them, helping them, caring for them. Christians and non Christians alike. People that, you know, when you see homeless people on the side of the road, I think a lot of times our instinct is to be like, they just need to go out and get a job. What are they doing? but i think loving them giving them a little money telling them god bless you god loves you something like that it helps them i mean i've i've to, i've been told by homeless people that sometimes just waving people just waving to them helps them they say you know i i do need money but they said it it's hard when people won't even make eye contact with you now I get it. If you live in L.A., New York City, Chicago, some of these big cities where you have just tons and tons of homeless people, I get it. It's hard, but you know when you know Nashville, we have a lot. But I think it's a bit easier just to wave and you know give a buck, give a five, you know, and um, and I just think that's what we're called to do. But I, I, I do think that that we should uh, follow the rules uh, also. And I, I wanted to read an email that someone sent me, but something has happened. My Gmail said it was full, and then I tried to delete some emails, and I lost all my emails. All those emails that people have been sending me recently, I lost. I don't know what happened to them. A guy just sent me an email who saw me in Springfield, Missouri, at the Blue Room, and, and I wanted to read his email. And I lost it. But other people have been messaging me. And it's very encouraging to me. It's some of the most encouraging things to me. Um, I mean. um, And I, you know, and I don't want to share people's names and stuff about this. But uh, I do want to find a mess. Anyway, someone uh, and everything seems to be messing up on social media and I don't care. But I just wish that I could find the things that, that people said. But I, I don't know. People have just been sending me things and saying that they appreciate what I'm talking about. They say, even people are like, I'm not religious, but I appreciate the Bible talk. I appreciate what you're saying. And people, some people have said it's made them want to read their Bible. And that's what I'm all about because... This is what I just think is lost when when you're only New Testament centered, and this is this is why I think it's important. The whole Bible is relevant because if you're just reading the New Testament, you don't understand a lot of times what they're talking about because the, the all of the people in the New Testament. When they reference the word of God, they're talking about Old Testament, Genesis through Malachi, because they didn't have the New Testament. They were that New Testament. And a lot of people don't even say Testament. They say covenant. It's the Old Covenant and the New Covenant. And some people don't even say old and new. They say old and expanded, meaning that Jesus did not necessarily—he didn't do away with things. He expanded things. I think certain things are done away with. I think uh, animal sacrifice is done away with because Jesus is the ultimate sacrifice. And I think stoning is done away with. But so when you look in the Old Testament and, and you see people, God commanding them to stone certain people, I think Jesus did away with that. And the reason I think is because uh, when people were you know called to stone, the the idea was, all right, you're all going to follow all these rules and you're going to be sinless because of it. And when people do sin, you stone them, right? It seems intense. I get it. But Jesus was like, when, when people in the New Testament were trying to stone this lady for sleeping around and whatnot, Jesus was like, okay, let's do it. All right, whoever here is without sin, go ahead and throw the first stone. And they were like, oh, gosh. And then I think it says that Jesus started to write in the dirt, and a lot of people believe that jesus was writing their sins in the dirt as he was saying he who is without sin cast the first stone and then he was writing i know what you did i know what you've been doing i know what you've done and in that moment they were like oh gosh so if we stone this woman we're actually uh, could be stoned too and so i think since we're all sinful people none of us are equipped to stone anyone and Jesus says, before you remove the speck from your brother's eye, remove the plank from your own eye. But then I think at the same time, people use that to say that you can't correct. Anytime you call something to someone's attention is, oh, you're judging them. You're judging them. And I I don't think that, especially from Christian to Christian, if you're, um, you know, saying hey you know you're doing this and i just want to you know let you know that you shouldn't be doing that i don't think that's judging them i think that's you know correcting them bringing it to their attention and i i you know and wow what a title for the podcast we're having a good time and uh and then it's just turned on to full-on church in here but i am having a good time i think this is all fun so the reason i say if you read the old testament the old testament especially king james because they don't dilute things I'm not saying that it's the only correct version. What do I know? I don't know if it's the correct one. But when you read it versus an NIV, NIV has changed a lot of things and it's not as fun. The Old Testament talks about, you know, all kinds of interesting things giants and dragons and things like that. And people. like oh that's not real and i'm like well who knows right the 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 word dinosaur wasn't around at the time of writing the bible so dragon could mean dinosaur but also we have reptiles on the earth today that are called dragons unicorn is referenced and they go what do you mean a horse a fantasy thing and it's like well there also is a rhino that has one horn so maybe that's what they're talking about it's like there's plenty of answers out there to these questions So I think that's a long-winded way of getting back to this free will thing. So when there is rape and murder and torture and things like that, it's like when God has allowed us to do whatever we want to do, only giving us the guidance saying, this is what you follow, but I'm not going to, I'm not going to intervene. I'm not going to be, I'm going to leave it up to you. It's like, what are we doing to stop those things? You know, a lot of people want to say, how does God let this happen? And it's like, it is hard to stomach, especially if you've experienced those things. It is hard to stomach. It is hard to go, why did God not protect me in this? And these are questions that, that I don't think that anybody's going to have the answer to. But it's like, what can we do as a culture and as a people to stop those things from happening? What can we do to, um, you know, ensure that it doesn't happen in the future? And I think the answer lies in, um, as a culture, we come back to God's law, and the closer we live in that law, the closer we are to treating each other better. You know, I think we, you know, we have a bit of a bit of a sex culture that, um, you know, it 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 leads us to to us being hurt, you know, it leads to emptiness. I mean, I've been a part of that in my life, you know, I mean, I didn't get married till I was 35. And I drank my whole 20s. I mean, I definitely been a part of this hookup culture. I was on Tinder for a while, I had a good time. Uh, But it's like, you know, I've thought about that a lot. I mean, a lot of times I thought that I was just casually dating. And I thought that the person that I was was dating on Tinder was also aware that it was just casual dating, and I don't always think that was the case. I mean, upon reflecting, I'm like, you know what? Maybe, um, you know, I, you know, I just don't think that everybody is equipped to handle casual dating. So I don't know. We're having a good time here i'm enjoying talking about these things and i'm excited that i had a baby i usually try to make bible talk towards the end but i haven't been doing comedy so i don't have a good where where we've been where we're going but let's do it anyway where we've been where we're going where they going where they been where they going where they've been where we're going where we've been all right last month this past monday i went to zany's zany's does a thing on monday nights which is called new material mondays and if you haven't been it's really great because uh we have such a hot um group of comics in nashville and it's really amazing this monday in particular i really enjoyed because it was some of nashville's finest we have a bunch of la comics that have moved here now but none of them were at this uh monday night and i loved it uh we had you know people like and i don't and and if i and if you if you're a nashville comic you're listening and i forgot to mention your name i'm sorry i'm just going off memory but You know, people that are my friends in comics that are really good like Connor Larson, Chance Willie, uh, Aaron Weber, Dan Whitehurst, Casey, um, Brad Sativa, I mean, they were all on this show on Monday with me and Moody Malavi uh, and uh, I just think it's really great. We had the great kind of local crew and it was a hot show. I mean, I thought it was really solid all the way through, um, who was it, from Atlanta, Joe Pettis came up, and and I loved it, I mean, so, but, you know, so you could come on a Monday and get a show like that, where you get all local comics, but all coming out with fire, I haven't seen Connor on the new material Mondays in a long time, and he crushed, He he had a really great set, I don't think Dan Whitehurst has done one yet, Dan is always funny. And then we had, then you might go on a Monday and see Steve Byrne, Theo Vaughn, Josh Wolf, uh, Nicole Arbor, um, um, Nate Bergazzi, John Crist, Brian Bates. You know, you may get a night like that, which is also like, whoa, this is awesome. I mean... So you never know what you're going to get at Zanies. I mean, the the musician Jelly Roll keeps coming out. I met Kid Rock the other night. I was doing some shows with Theo Vaughn, and uh, Kid Rock showed up. And I wanted to go see David Spade because I have a bit of a relationship with him because I, I did the, uh, the David Spade show a few times. But the two nights he was here was a night we were in the hospital giving birth to my baby. And I wouldn't... Even my wife was like, go... Go to the club and meet David Spade. I'm like, no way. There's no way. I mean, I love David Spade. I think he's hilarious. And, you know, I want to be friends with him. But I just gave birth to a baby. And my baby and my personal life uh, is far more important to me than comedy. I love comedy. I want to be a huge success in comedy. I want to continue to do shows. And I want to entertain people. But there are things that mean more to me than comedy. Like the emails that I get from people that are like, thank you for what you're saying on your podcast. I've now uh, turned back to God. I've now been reading my Bible more. I've been praying more um, because of your podcast. That means more to me than any of this. I feel like that's why I've been given this platform. But I also, you know, I care about other people that listen to the podcast too because I, um, you know, I like you know, I like, I like comedy, but I also have updated my website, so I don't have all my dates on there, but I at least gave my, my dates throughout uh, the month of June and uh, through uh, a little bit of July. But just to give you I'll, – I'll, I'll read through a couple here because I want you to know what's coming up because I'm off the road for May, but once May is done, I'm back on heavy. Um, May 25th, though, I'll be at Zaney's um, doing my show, Dusty Slay's Grand Old Comedy Show. And I have uh, my friend Evan Burke is going to be there. My friend Jake Rubel, Laura Hibbard, um, Derek Stroop, an Alabama guy living in Colorado now, coming. Very funny. uh, And then Aaron Weber also going to be on the show. It's going to be a great show. I can't wait. That's going to happen. And then starting in June, I'm going to Des Moines, Iowa to the Funny Bone. Uh, That's the first weekend in June. The second weekend in June, I'm going to Holton, Kansas. Uh, And then I'm going to Falls City, Nebraska. Now, the Falls City, Nebraska is kind of a private show for um, uh, Sacred Heart Catholic School. But I don't know if they wouldn't mind you buying tickets and coming to that show uh i'll be in um oh i gotta get this on there i forgot to put this one on there on wednesday june 16th i'm gonna be in knoxville tennessee at the press room i've never i never get to go to knoxville i've never done a week uh, i never done a real show in knoxville i've done a couple of open mics here and there back in the day but wednesday june 16th i'm gonna be in knoxville for the first time please come to that that's gonna be a great show 18th to the 20th i'll be at the grove in lowell arkansas always have a great time there uh the 20 well that's going to be a private gig the 25th through the 27th i'll be at toledo ohio at the funny bone that'll be in perrysburg but it's called the toledo funny bone And then the 1st of July, the first weekend of July, I'm going to be in Cleveland, Ohio at Hilarities, a a gig that's had to be moved twice, once because of the pandemic, a second time because of my surgery. But I will be back there, and I am so excited to be there. And then I'll be back in Atlanta, Georgia, the 8th through the 11th. I was going to be in D.C. the next weekend, but due to continued capacity restrictions, uh, they will be... Um, that will not be happening probably until 2022 but after that i will be going to auburn alabama which is i missed it before because um i uh had surgery so i was supposed to go there and then the day i was supposed to go there i was given serious abdominal surgery but i will be back in auburn alabama at the crown of comedy club i'm very excited me and evan burke will be going there and then i'm going to go to new orleans but i don't know if this may be a private gig too so i probably shouldn't even tell you about that one which is a shame because i want to to do a a real gig in new orleans but um but then my last gig in july and i don't think these are on the calendar these the auburn uh, atlanta auburn and charleston are not on the calendar yet but i'll try to get it on there today Even in Charleston, it's not even on their website yet, and I don't know what that's all about. But I'll be Charleston, South Carolina, July 31st at the Charleston Music Hall. And the Charleston Music Hall uh, uh, with Evan Burke. Now, I have a bit of a history at the Charleston Music Hall, and I'll tell you about it right now. I was... uh, after I, I quit drinking, I, there was a, a group of people. They There were two people. They were um, Dan Hampf and Charles Carmody, and they were in a musical duo called uh, Introducing Fish Taco. And they would play music, and they were fun, and I started to MC some gigs around town, and I remember meeting those guys, and I thought they were really funny. And as time went on, Charles Carmody – became the director of the Charleston Music Hall. Now, the Charleston Music Hall had been basically shut down, and they were reopening it, getting it going, really trying to do some fun stuff there, and Charles has done a great job. And while he was getting it going, Charles wanted to give me a monthly show just to fill in some of those empty dates. So we did a couple weekend shows. The first um, time we did a show, we had a pretty good turnout And then um, me and Evan Burke and Vince Fabra and I think Tim Heckle, Jason Gross, Jeremy McClellan, we all did uh, a big show there. Evan Burke got the cover of the Charleston City Paper, which I never got, by the way. They never gave me one. I'm still mad at them about it. They don't care, but it's upsetting. Um, I never got that cover. But Evan got it, and I'm happy for him. Uh, and he was moving to New York, and he had worked for the city paper a little bit, and they gave him a nice cover, and it was a promotion for our show, and we got about 300 people in there, which was a big deal. It's a 900-seat theater, but we got about 300 in there, and that was awesome. We had a really great, fun show. And Charles, after that, Charles gave me the monthly show and continued to let me do it, and on the weekends, we'd have a good show, but we tried a Wednesday night one time. 900-seat theater. We did a Wednesday night. I got about 30 people in there. And I don't know if you've seen 30 people in a 900-seat theater before, but it is unreal how empty it is. And I stood on that stage, and in that moment, I I, I, I had fun for the first time on stage. Now, I don't mean I've never had a good, I had never had a good time on stage up until that point. But that was around probably 2013, uh, late 2013, maybe early 2014. And I stood on that stage. And for the first time ever, I was like, I'm actually enjoying comedy while on stage. Prior to that, I always enjoyed it after I was done. I enjoyed comedy after it was over, after I had already had a good set and people were coming up to me going, hey, great set. You're really funny. That's when I enjoyed it. But in that moment, I said, you know what? I'm having fun. The 30 people were laughing. I was like, this is great. And But that was the last show that Charles gave me at the music hall. Now, I, I've done some other things there with him, and I'm just so excited to go back. It's going to be a really great time. Um, i just can't wait for it and by the way if you try to email me in the last couple of days my email is dead i don't know what's happened to it i may have to create a new email because i'm not getting emails and i deleted a bunch of them but it says it takes 24 hours to take effect but so far i'm not seeing that um so the email i got from a guy uh was telling me he was talking to me about mask All right, here it is, your weekly mass grant. And I don't have a mass grant this week. Uh, restrictions are letting up. And uh, oh, this is funny. I just want to read this. This was uh, a tweet uh, sent out by the president. And uh, it just cracked me up it said the rule is now simple get vaccinated or wear a mask until you do the choice is yours <laughs> and i'm like okay mr prez i mean i've been not wearing a mask for a while now but uh i appreciate it <laughs> but uh um that seemed like a weird thing to say though it's and that's what has always scared me about the mask and I and I and, that, and that's why uh, it was two weeks, wear a mask for two weeks. And here we are well over a year and they're saying, you know, do this or keep wearing the mask. And it's like. I'm not saying anything about the vaccine, I don't I don't even have an opinion, I uh, and personally, I don't think that people should be asking about it, I don't think you should ever ask people about their medical in fact, I thought there was a rule that you weren't allowed to ask people about their medical history. And it's weird that we've come to this place where everybody's asking you, did you do this? Did you do this? And I just think that's weird. I think it should be up to people, you know, and their own personal choice. I, and that's where I always stand with everything is I'm like, I'm all about personal choice. Like, that's what America is about. It's about freedom. And it's like, if you want to do this, you do it. Um, But if you don't, then you don't have to. That's personal choice. And people will say, well, you have freedom of speech, but not freedom from consequences. And I'm like, well, that's kind of what freedom of speech is, is it is freedom from consequences. If, you know, if you say something and then you get put in jail or you get fired or you get beat up, well, that's not really freedom. And then they always use the example uh, and it's the only example they ever use. You can't yell fire in a crowded theater. And it's like, well, okay. So that's it, though. That's the rule they always seem to use. I am all about freedom of speech. I feel like freedom of speech should never be political. People should never be like, oh, I don't like freedom of speech. I mean, it's, that's, that's uh, pretty important. In fact, as a comedian, it is the most important thing. Because if we don't have it, then we'll, we can't do what we do. Uh, and honestly, without capitalism, probably most of the comedy clubs don't exist. So I just, you know, it's always, it's it, so what somebody had said to me in an email, they were very nice and I appreciate it. Uh, I appreciated the email, but and I wanted to read it. I would never say their name, but I wanted to read it, but I've lost it. Uh, and they said, you know, not everyone that listens to your podcast agrees with your stance on mask. And I know that, and I appreciate that. I don't want to live in a world where everyone has to agree with me. I don't want to live in a world where I have to agree with everyone. That's the beautiful thing about our country that we live in. And it, and it used to be, um, It used to be more like this where you could sit in a room with people and you all have different opinions and you could just sit and discuss why you like this and why you don't like this. And I think one of the things that's happened in the country that I think is really dangerous is that we've all given each other labels. You're a liberal, you're a conservative, you're a libertarian, you're a this and that. And if you are given that label – then people think they know everything that you stand for and i do not fit into a box i have some values that people would consider conservative i have some values that some people would consider liberal and i have a lot of things that people would consider libertarian i don't fit into any of those boxes there are things that i like there are things that i don't like there's some conservative politicians that i'm like all right i'm on board with this guy or this girl. And then they'll say something. I'll go, well, I don't like that. And the same for liberal um, politicians. They'll say something. And I'm like, well, I'm on board with that for sure. And then they'll say another thing. And I'm like, well, I'm completely not on board with that. So I don't fit into any of those boxes. And he said, you know, I think this is the email was sent to me. I think the mask is a minor inconvenience. And that's where I completely disagree. I 100% disagree. And the reason is, one, the main reason is that it does restrict airflow. I don't care what anyone says. I put the mask on. I don't breathe as well as I do without it on. I don't know what the mask is made of. Everything is made with some sort of chemical. Even the clothes we wear is made with some sort of chemical. And I don't want to breathe that directly into my lungs. I already think that our air is less clean than it should be. Um, and, I, and there's a lot of reasons why. Um, airplanes spray out some stuff. I don't know what it is, but, I, you know, and I hope it is just condensation. But sometimes I'm out in the yard and I live pretty close to the airport and the airplanes are just going over and then the sky is just filling up with whatever's coming out of them. And I do hope that it's just condensation, but I'm like, if what if the airplanes are just polluting right like you know people always say that cars pollute and an airplane uses a lot more fuel than a car and I'm like dang that's just right over my head right so I just don't think our air is as clean as it could be and um, so I already think that but I'm now I'm breathing in through a cloth uh, made of some sort of chemical and The second thing is I think facial expressions are very important to our communication and our way of life. I think smiling at each other is great. And then I think just talking to people in a small talk situation. So many times when people are just telling me a story, I can just smile and nod. And they know that I agree. If a joke's funny, I can just give them a smile and they know where I'm going. Now I have to actually verbally laugh or go, yep, okay, all right. And I'm like, that's fine a lot of times, but I don't always want to be doing that. I just want to smile and nod. And when I pass somebody on the street, I want to give them that slight kind of not mouth open, but but smile where you go, mm-hmm, and you kind of acknowledge their existence without having to say things to them. Uh, I think that's great, and it's just I think it's important, and I think I don't want my baby to see me with a mask on. I don't even think they – I think I'm hidden from them. A girl told me the other day that her baby thinks that she's playing a game with her when she puts a mask on. Um, and I, I just, um, you know, if, if you're in a really crowded area and you want to put the mask on, fine. But again, I, I mean, I'll go back to something I said in the very beginning, which is Fauci, at the, Fauci is our main scientist. The scientist that everyone trusts. And he said at the beginning of this thing, you should not be wearing a mask. The mask does not do what you think it does and then later he came out and said this is what people told me he said i was lying about that because i didn't want people to go out and buy up all the masks when people in hospitals need them so i don't know if that part's true but if that is true how do you trust someone that just said they lied to you and um But if if that's not true, and he meant what he said about the mask in the beginning, then I just don't think, I I don't know. I, I for one, I, I look at a lot of life like I do the Bible, right? If it's said early in the Bible, well, I believe it's true. Even if later something seems to contradict it, I go, I don't know. I think I'm misinterpreting the second thing wrong because the first thing was very clear. So I just don't think it's a minor inconvenience. I think people in power see that they have control over us and have gotten us to wear these masks and I for one am happy to see them go as I'm going out to the grocery stores and out into the world I'm seeing less and less people with masks on and it's making me very happy I love it so much I don't even have a mask rant because the masks are coming off and I think it's a beautiful thing I am if you've had a family member I've had a lot of friends that were sick, but I don't know anyone that's died from it. So if you have had that, I am sorry, and I'm not insensitive to that. Um, I think it's very unfortunate when we lose loved ones. I mean, I've lost several people since this. I don't know if it's from that. One of my cousins died recently who's about the same age as me. I don't know what he died from. He had a small kid. It's very sad. My friend Clint, who had... A lung disorder. My friend Clint Nor, who had a lung disorder, died at the very beginning of this. And none of us really know why or what happened to him. He went to um, the Bahamas to do comedy with the Comedy Zone. And then he came home to New York City, sat up, talked to his roommate that night. The next day, he was dead. And nobody really knows why. I think it makes me the most sad That Clint was such a hilarious comedian. He was so funny. And he never really got any recognition. Now, a lot of that, I mean, he had some problems here and there, and some of it was his own fault, and he acknowledged it. But he never really got any recognition. And I see a lot of unfunny comics out there that get a lot of recognition. And it always made me sad. But the thing that makes me most sad is that the last gig Clint did was a comedy zone. I mean, I don't hate on the comedy zones because I've had a lot of fun in them but that just makes me sad and we don't know if if he had caught COVID or not and so if you have lost a loved one i'm very sorry that that's happened and i'm not insensitive to it but i do not want to give up all of my freedoms for that and people say oh it's not all your freedoms but freedoms get taken away bit by bit they don't they're not always taken away all at once first you lose this then you lose freedom of speech, then you lose this, then you lose this, and before you know it, you have no freedoms left. And that stuff's important to me. All of this stuff is important to me. That's why I talk about it here. I appreciate you listening to my podcast. I appreciate the people that do tune in. And I never, my my hope is never to offend. I mean, I never mean to. I mean, when I talk about Christianity, and and if you're a listener, and you're not a Christian, if you're, you know, if you're, uh, Muslim or Hindu or Buddhist or 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 you know Jewish uh great I'm happy to have you you know and I respect everyone's religion but I have my own and it means something to me just the way yours means something to you and uh, I want to share it with people because it brings me a lot of comfort uh, when I'm when I'm awake at at two a.m. holding my baby who's crying, I'm praying. I'm praying that God would send her comfort, and I want uh, to. Oh, this is something that I wanted to do. I want your prayers. You know, pray for me. Pray for my health. Pray for my baby. But I also want to pray for you. That's something that I want to do. I want to get that uh, together. I want to get that sort of thing together so that I can, um, begin to pray for people. My email, I'm going to get it working, but my email is dusty comedy at gmail.com. Now I don't expect you to get all detailed with what you want prayer for, but I also don't want to pray for unknown things. If that makes sense. I don't know what people, you know, I, you know, so it's like, you know if you're if you're sick you don't have to go into vast details about your sickness but say you you want prayers for health and i want to make a list and i want to begin to pray for you i want to spend time in prayer praying for people and i think it matters it matters to me that you pray for me and uh i want to say prayers to you and you know what I mean, and if you're not if you're not a religious person and you got into my podcast because you enjoy my comedy, um, I realize that's uh, that's taking because that's what the guy said that sent me an email from Springfield. He said I, I I saw you in Springfield. I like I saw you on TikTok. Then I came to see you, and then I listened to your podcast. And he was like, I was not expecting that, and no one is. But this is my opportunity to get a little serious. I've I've considered. Um, starting a different podcast just so i could have the the separation of uh comedy and what i do here but i don't know how to do that because if i separated them i probably would not do the we're having a good time podcast because i don't even know what i would talk about i feel led to talk about this i feel like this is fun when i listen to podcasts i just want to listen to a person talk I i don't really like comedy podcast because it's just, I hate morning radio shows where you tune in and people are, they're telling a joke and the whole studio's laughing. And it's just like, I don't like that. I like to hear people talk. I love to just sit and listen to people talk about things and send me topics that you might like to hear me talk about. I've tried to do that in the past and people send me stuff and then I I don't do it. But I am going to try to get a little more organized with the podcast. I may try to get a co-host. I've talked about that. A couple of people showed interest in that. I may try to do that sort of thing. I'm going to get a bit of a different studio set up. I am going to work on things. I had to pay taxes this year and my tax guy told me, you may need to spend more money to pay less taxes. Um, And I hate taxes. My goodness. I could do a podcast on what I hate about taxes. But then people would go. But what about the roads? <laughs> and, uh, and and and. Um, but I um, I hate taxes. Um, but I had to pay them, and it is very sad. People that get because this is the thing for me. I do comedy and I travel around and I get checks from the club and there's no taxes taken out of them. So at the end of the year, I have to take all that money and I have to figure out how much i owe the government and then i have to just send that money to them and it is a sad day when you write a check to the government at the end of the year and go man that is unfortunate but so they told me i may need to spend a little more money to pay less taxes so what i may do is really buy some stuff to make my studio really what i want it to be get a couple of cameras edit both sides, get a co-host in here, somebody who can balance me out a bit and, and actually bring a little more comedy to it uh, as opposed to just straight on uh, religious talk. <laughs> but I got to tell you, I love it. I do love it. And um, But let me know. Comedy at gmail.com. Send me whatever you want. Send me your prayer requests. Send me those sorts of things. I will not ever release that stuff out to the public ever 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 i will not say your name on here Uh, i respect that too much and um i may not get the email today because i got to figure out how to get my email back and also if you know a little bit about that go ahead and send me an email about that um but anyway thank you very much thanks for tuning in i appreciate you guys uh we're having a good time